this morning. In fact, I told them, I said, I've got to, I'm, I'm feeling like I need to preach first. And they, all of them were like in unison. No, 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 not today. <laughs> not this day, not this time. <laughs> Alex Darnell was the loudest among them. No, 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 this would not be the day you want to do that. Because they had this song, and wow, what a powerful, powerful, powerful song it is. In fact, they'll be coming back to do it again here shortly. But I'm ready to preach this morning, and I can tell you that when uh, I sent out the notice this week about returning to one service, it was not meant to be misinterpreted as returning to the kind of services that we had before when we had one was not meant to be interpreted that way. But I, for me, I face the same challenge that I've faced many times before, the other times that we've gone to two services for good reason. And, but I face the same challenges, and that is that I felt like instead of, I felt as though one had become two. And for me, and that is true, and for me, it was just, that is not my heart. My heart is that all become one, not one becomes two. So, I understand this. What the Father will do as we continue to grow, He will give us the answers that we need. And it will not be answers like we have drawn from in the past. There will be different answers. Amen? And uh, so thank you for <clears throat> receiving that and for being here today. And are, did you come ready this morning? Did you prepare yourself for today? Have you prepared your heart to be changed today? And you're ready. Look at the person beside you and tell them, I am ready. Now ask them, are you? Now look at them and say, and here we go. Get your Bibles this morning, if you would, please. I'm going to be actually sharing a verse out of a, a version that I don't use very often, but I'm using it today in the New International Version. And uh, so I'll be referring to that in just a moment, not yet, but just in just a moment. But I'm going to continue the series today uh, until, with the subject being, Believe the Promise. Believe the Promise. And it wasn't too long ago I taught a series about the promises of God. But sometimes I think along the lines of preparing for this, and because the word until is used so many times in Scripture, you, we have to understand that when it's used, it's because whatever's on the other side of the word until at the end of the sentence, the tag to until is always leading us to something greater than what was before it. Where the promises of God are concerned, Yahweh intends for the tag, that that comes after until, to be greater than that that came before it. For you and me, it would be 
unwise, it would be a mistake to approach an until moment and disregard it. Let's pause there for just a moment. Let's get this sound right before we go any further. Test one, two, test one, two, test. Those of you watching the stream, I apologize, just bear with us. Test one, two, testing one, two, one, two, one, two. We have some sound issues. Welcome to technology. Um, don't fret it, you have the same problem with your computer every day. Testing one, two, we good? All right, sound good? So when we come to that place of until, we have to understand that to disregard our until moments would be a tragedy on our part. But there's always going to be an until moment. There will always be until moments in our life, it, lives. And when you read scripture, I think I shared it earlier, but when you read scripture, what you realize is that until is used, depending on the version, but all of them around the same context, they'll either say until or till, meaning the same thing. But the word is used roughly 934 times in Scripture referencing this is where you are and this is where you could be. And interestingly, most of those times, the opportunity to get to the other side of until is disregarded. And most people camp just south of the opportunity for something greater. That is the nature of the Adam in you and in me. The nature of us is we like things. We want to understand everything before we move into it. We want to know what is it before we get there. And the nature of Christ is because, let me back up and let me say it this way. The currency of the, king, the, currency of the earth is the dollar or the yen, or the whatever it is, depending on what country you're in. That's the currency. That's a natural currency, the coin, the dollar, the bill. But the currency of the kingdom of God is faith. Amen. You know that by now. If you've been here for any length of time, you know that by now. The currency of the kingdom, it is faith. It is believing. It is trusting. And when faith is not evident, if I require a full understanding before I exercise it, Faith is not evident if before I'm obedient, before I honor the word, before I honor the direction, I first have to understand it. There's no faith there. That's all Adam. The kingdom is evident when I know in my spirit that part of me that is united with the Father, when in my spirit I know this is the way to walk in, I don't get it yet, but I'm going to keep walking even where I don't understand because I'm going to exercise faith in this season, in this time, when things do not make sense. So, today I'm going to talk about believe the promise, and I'm going to draw you a timeline this morning that's going to begin with one point, obviously, and it's going to end with another point. And in order to do this timeline, because there's a lot of information in it, I, wanted to, I want to make sure that I use this correctly. So before I get there, I want to read something to you, and I want you to turn with me, please, to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. Believe in the promise, and the promise is this, that there is something greater than where you are now. Did you hear me? 
You say, well, I like it. I feel pretty great right here. Well, there is something greater than that. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm feeling like, man, I mean, I'm just feeling like, I'm just floating above every. And yet, there is something greater beyond that, more prosperous not finance, I'm not talking about money, and that might be part of it, but I'm talking about just life. Your relationships are better, more prosperous relationships, more prosperous jobs, more prosperous thinking, more prosperous faith, more prosperous, your faith has a bit greater return, whatever it is. So there is something greater than where you are, but, everybody say but, there's always a but in there somewhere, but... There are steps to get to the place that the Father has promised. The other side of until. Let me tell you what the Father doesn't do. He did not create you to have a destination of immaturity. He never created a single human being with the intent that your best day, your promise, would be lack. Or your promise would be insufficiency. Or your promise would be depression. Or your promise would be sickness. Or your promise would be fear. Or your promise would be lack of salvation. He never created anybody with this in mind. I want to create them because I want my promise to them to be that hell's the best they're going to get. I just got, I'm going to create a hundred with a promise of great things. I want to create just 10 to keep it interesting that their best day. Keep working hard and I promise you'll get to hell. Keep on keeping on. You just keep on, man. I got, man, my promise, my destination, my, my blessing to you is that the best it's ever going to be is you're going to be this short of maturity. And if he did that, how many people are going to be going, yes, I get to come really close. <laughs> I'm going to get close. How close do you get? I'm, I'm like six inches Hey, I'm so excited. How far are you? Eight. Oh, four are you. But I'm going to be six inches. I'm so excited. Because I get to be six inches away from my until. Then I get to look at it. Until I'm so close to it, I have to do this because the letters are so big. U N T I. I can't even see it all with one glance because I'm that close. But man, he did that just for me. (laughs) He got me that close. He just promised me that. He didn't do that. Look at your neighbor and say, he did not do that. Yeah, thank you. Point your finger right at him and say, he did not do that to you. 
He created your until moment, not so that you could come up just six inches short, but so that you can move right. He never created anybody with the intention, I'm going to get them really close, but I'm going to leave them hanging when they get there. <laughs> the promise is there is something greater, but there are steps that we have to take to get to that promise, and there is a will, willingness on our part. Let me, let me write this. In fact, I'm just about to... Man, I got ahead of myself. There has to be present in us what is present in the Father. His will is, he made provision. Let me do it this way. He made provision. I don't like to point at people, so I'm not. I'm just going to use my pen. His will is that our will aligns with his. And his will is that no matter where we are, there's always some place to grow into. Always a place of growth, maturing, that you and I can grow into. So if that is true, if His will is that we get there, we have to have a will, dot, 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 ingness, to match... His will in this to get you there. My will or willingness to approach things, recognizing there are steps that might not make sense, but there are things that I'm going to walk through that are going to get there, get me there, has to match his willingness to get you there. He wants to get you there. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. Let's talk about this this morning. Let's talk about it. You ready? Yes. Exodus 16, 35 in the NIV reads like this. It says, the Israelites ate manna for 40 years. That's a long time, but it was sweet. It was sweet. But even honey tastes bitter after 10 years. <laughs> the Israelites ate manna. 40 years until they came to a land, until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan or the promised land. Okay? I've got to break this down for you today so that you can kind of get an understanding of this time frame and this reference. So let me read this again. Exodus 16.35 in the NIV says this. says, the Israelites ate manna 40 years. Everybody say 40 years. 40 years. Have any of you ever felt like you've been eating the same thing, going through the same thing every day? Maybe not 40 years. It might seem longer, might seem less, but it seems like too long. I've been regurgitating this thing over and over. We were watching my uh, daughter's puppy this week while she was in Ireland. And... <laughs> While she was there, we were watching this dog, and this dog, it likes to eat anything. <laughs> if it can make it in small enough pieces, it will eat it. So it ate a bush in my backyard, Flagler. Flagler's sweet, even when he's eating bushes. But he ate this bush, and it was in little bitty pieces, and he swallowed it. Now, we knew he had shredded the bush, 
We didn't know he tried to devour the bush yet. And then at some point in the middle of the night, just a few days ago, we hear this. I mean, it's bad. I mean, it's bad. Only to get up and discover the bush. Has been given back. <laughs> so, thank you, Flagler. <laughs> Not sure we can plant this again. But you know what he did? Because it, scripture even says that dogs, uh, all dogs return to their vomit. And before we could even get that thing cleaned out, he, was, he liked the bush so much. By the time we got him out of the cage and were able to clean it up, there was like a leaf left. This time he kept it down. So now it's growing inside of him. So he's becoming a bush right now. He's becoming a croton. But in the same way, isn't it true that we will, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves eating manna and eating manna and eating manna until eating manna seems like it's going to be forever. So we just keep eating it and we come to the place where we accept that that's the best we're going to get. How many people that were eating this manna the first year, they're listening to Moses, oh, promised land is coming. Second year, promised land is coming. Third year, promised land is coming. By the time they get to the 10th, the 12th, who I don't know how long it took, probably different for different people. By the time they got to a certain point, in fact, they couldn't keep the manna overnight because it would have worms in it the next day. I don't want to get into all that right now. But anyway, they were provided daily. So at some point, they're eating this manna, and at what point did they get to the place where they thought, they had lost hope that there was an until coming. You will eat this until, let's read it again. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until, everybody say until, until. they came to a land that was settled. And they ate manna until, everybody say until, until. they reached the border of Canaan. Or the promised land. So again, I wonder, how often do we, like Flagler, return again or continue to eat the same thing over and over, and does it ever get to the place where until has come upon us, but we have so much accepted that where we are is the best it's going to get, we don't even recognize the until that is staring us in the face. Or we're afraid to approach the until because if I approach the until, things are going to be different and everybody knows if it's different, it can't be God because he does everything the same as yesterday, today, and forever. What's the same yesterday, today, and forever is his faithfulness, 
not his processes. So I wonder how many times do we move through life and we move through situations and how many people might be present in this room or watching online, how many people might be under the sound of my voice right now and you find yourself, you're still eating manna that you've been eating for a long time and you've accepted that that manna is the best it's going to get. I want you today spiritually, I want you to, to right now, I want you to, by Holy Spirit, I want you to let the pneuma of God, let the breath of God breathe in you, and I want you right now to open your eyes and look and see, is there an until standing right in front of you that you have missed, that you have missed because you're eating the same thing and you're thinking, this is what he's put on my table. So let me give you a timeline of something here today. And I want to show you something that is very interesting. And I'm going to begin with Abraham when the promise was given that he would have offspring that outnumbered the sand of the seashore. And I'm going to bring you to the place and that they would have a land that was promised to him. And I want to take you through this timeline, this reference that will get you somewhere. And then I want to explain it. So let's say right here, Abraham receives the promise. Abraham is 70 years old. When he receives the promise, he received the I before E except after C. He received the promise at 70 years old. Abraham received, I put Abram because that's what he was then. So Abraham received the promise at 70 years old, okay? Now at 75 years old, Abraham left Haran. Let me do it this way. Abe left Haran at 75 years old. So everybody say at 70 years old, Abraham received the promise of God. He received a promise. Man, there's nothing like receiving a promise. There's nothing like the Father speaking into your spirit going, I'm going to breathe this into you. I'm going to breathe something into you. I'm going to make it life to you. Don't kill it. Don't kill it with your doubt. Don't kill it with your doubt. Don't kill it with your fears. Don't kill it with lack of understanding. Don't kill it because you ignore it because you don't understand it. I want to breathe something in you. And he does. He breathes into him 70 years. At 75, he leaves Haran and he goes to Canaan. He goes to Canaan. Following that, let me get my little notes out because I have a timeline here I want to follow. 193 years later, I'm going to do it, I want to get this right. So 193 years later, 193 years have passed from here to here. Joseph is sold into Egypt. 193 years after Abraham goes into Canaan. Joseph is sold into Egypt. 157 years after that, I want to get this spacing correct. 157 years after that, whoops, yeah, 157 years between here and here, Moses is born. 157 years. So at 70 years, Abraham receives a promise of a promised land, Canaan, where his seed will be. 
193 years between the time Abraham received the promise and Joseph is sold into Egypt. 157 years after that, Moses is born for a combined total. 357 years have passed. 357 years between here and Moses being born. Keep in mind now, Abraham lived to be 175 years old, so he died right around here somewhere. He lived to be 175 years. Moses lived to be 120 years. Let's keep this in mind. So Moses is born, and then the Exodus begins. Hold on, i got to get this is in the way. The Exodus begins. Anybody know when the Exodus began? After Moses was born? 80 years. After Moses was born is when uh, Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. The plagues began to happen. And the father began to put things in place. And then 40 years after that, Moses dies. And then they enter again into promised land or Canaan. So here, you've got all of the, oh, 40 years, let me put this. This is 40-year span right here. When the father promised Abraham, your seed will dwell in the promised, I have a land flowing with milk and honey just for them. And then when he comes into it, and he's dwelling in Canaan, at some point, this occurs, it looks like everything is lost. And then manna happens. All manna begins to happen. And they're living in manna. And they, they had a decision. In fact, Moses did not enter the promised land because Moses didn't have the right kind of faith. Moses believed in the wrong thing. The father said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to strike the rock. You're going to speak to the rock. Instead, Moses said, well, I struck the rock the last time. Why don't I strike the rock again? It worked the first time. And the father said, you will not enter the promised land. You keep going back to what I took you out of, and I can't trust you to get into the promised land because you're going to take into the promised land what I'm trying to take you out of. You're going to fill the promised land with everything that is anti-God and everything that is law and legalism. And he said, that is not my intention for the promised land. My intention for the promised land is that it is a place on the other side of the till. So let's read this again. In in Exodus 16, the Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to a land, the settled land, settled land, everybody say settled. settled. And here's the crazy thing about it. Until they came to a settled land, Everything was the houses, the land, the crops, the fields, the cattle. Everything was there for them. They didn't even have to sweat for it. Because this was their until place. This was Israel's until place right here. But getting there required a whole lot of preparation. Now why in the world... Would the father do it this way? Because that process, it takes a long time for people to get out of their minds what they think the steps should be to get us there. 
See, in our world right now, if I asked you how to get to the letter Z from A, in fact, let me ask you right now, if I were going to get to the letter Z from the letter A, I want to pick somebody. Haley. She looked at her watch so she wouldn't look right at me. I was looking for somebody that wasn't looking at me. If you want to get to the letter Z from the letter A, how would you get there? You know the alphabet. Okay. I guess that's a tricky question, but go ahead. Starts with A. Well done. But that's only right in the mind of Adam. And see, this is, this, is, this is the point proven. When I say, how do you get from A to Z, our mind goes back to what we know, what we understand. I get there by going A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. That's the mind. But the Father's A to Z might not include any of those in-between buffers. The Father's way of doing the alphabet might be completely different. And see, we fall back on what we know even when there's an until there. The Father says, do this until this. This, everything on this side of until, everything on this side of until is what we talked about a few weeks ago is preparation. Whoops. It's preparation. Everything on this side of until is maturity. There, listen to this. On this side of until, the preparation season, there's a lot of hope, yeah. a lot of faith, yeah, that's true. a lot of trust, yeah. a lot of uncertainty. But when you take that and you get over to this side of until and all the preparation is done, faith turns to knowing. Hope turns to fulfillment. Do you hear me today? Immaturity turns to maturity. Now, let me ask you a question about this. People have said this to me since teaching this series. What about new people when they come in? So let's say... Because one of the things that we've done is I have a different perspective of the five-fold ministry than I did at one time. Because in Ephesians 4.11 and Corinthians as well, but in Ephesians 4.11 it gives us an explanation of what the five-fold ministry is until, and what its purpose is until we come to a place where there's maturing, mature sons. Which lets me know that the possibility of mature sons exists. So let me ask you this. Tell me. How many people after Israel entered Canaan, the promised land, how many people after Israel entered Canaan that were born after they got into Canaan that didn't experience any of this, how many children were born or came into the household of Israel and the leadership had to say to them, 
I'm sorry. The only way that you can walk where we're at is if we send you all the way back to where Joseph was sold into Egypt. How many times, are you hearing me? How many times does Jesus Christ say to those who are under the sound of his voice in the New Testament that once you have repented of your sins and you have received me as Lord and Savior, as the Son of God, as deliverance to you, once you've received me, I'm going to say thank you, but you can't walk in it until I put you back in the law because everyone else had to go through the law. How many times did that happen? None. So what do you do when people come in and you, you've gotten to the other side of until? I want to answer that question very easily for you. We don't say to anybody that comes in and, and when you're walking in a mature place, you've grown and we're always maturing. But in that journey, there are places of maturity that we, we reach. Does that make sense this morning? None of us are perfected or perfect, but we're being perfected. Every step, every right choice is perfecting us to get us where we're supposed to be. So how many times again did Christ say to them, you're going to have to get back in the law before you can access this place of grace? Never! How many people that came to Christ and said, I'm a sinner, forgive me. I repent. How many of those people did Christ ever say to them, okay, well, before you do this, you're going to have to go kill a dove, or you're going to, go, you're going to kill the fatted calf, and you're going to have to burn that, and you're going to have to build an altar, and you're going to have to go to the priest, and you're going to have to do all of this. How many times? Never! Did they come up short because they did not go through again what you and I had to go through? <laughs> I'm asking did they come up short I was just asked this this week by a friend of mine but what about the people that are coming in and you're going past the fivefold that might need the fivefold and my response is you walk in that until you have the place, the maturity to get on the other side of that until, until you come into the fullness. You walk in that place and the people that are coming in are going to walk where you're at. But when you lead your people on the other side of until and people come in, don't say to them, you're going to have to go back in order to get here. You teach from where you are, not from where you were. What father, what mother among us, who among us that has children and you've raised your children, you have three kids like me, three living children like I do, my wife and I. I didn't do that all alone. You have three living children. With Kaylee, my oldest, there were a lot of unknowns. We practiced on her. Yeah. 
The people laughing are the ones that have been practicing on their first. We practiced on Kaylee, believing that whatever mistakes we learn with her will not be exercised on Alex. And whatever we learn from Alex will not be exercised on Joshua. But we never said to Alex when she was coming up, oh, we did this to Kaylee and we're going to do it to you. Kids don't always get it. Kaylee's like, well, I never got away with that. Right. We were learning. And we learned that there was a better way. There was an until. We did that until we came to the knowledge there was something better. And when Alex was born, we didn't ask her to go back on the other side of until. We let her live life in the, the north side, the righteous side, the good side of until. The mature side of until. We matured. So what does until produce in you and me? It produces the opportunity for you and I to come into a place that's promised. Believe the promise. Yes. Yes. The Father says, I have untils for every single person that will put their trust in me. I know this is where you've been. I know this is what you're walking in. I know some of the challenges you're going into, but there is an until coming upon you. There is an until that I've already... Listen, he's not creating the until moment. It's already done. For some, it might be right in front of you, but you miss it. You're missing it simply because you're eating the plant all over again. Stop eating the croton over and over and over again. So what he didn't do was say to what Aaron and Joshua, what they did not do was say to those born after that never ate manna. They never tasted manna. They didn't even know what manna tasted like. They heard the stories. They didn't know what it tasted like. He never said to them, you cannot live in this promise. Get on the other side of the river. You're going to live on the other side of the river. You're going to eat manna for 40 years, and then you're qualified to be here. No, the qualification happened in the generation before them. You might be the generation that has now been qualified to help another generation get where you are without going through what you did. Can we not impose our past on people of the present? Is anybody hearing me today? So the Father says, I want to get you to this until moment. I want to get you to this until moment. And the until moment, approaching that until moment, who knows what you're going to go through. This is a lot of stuff. And it doesn't matter. Years is irrelevant. The number of years is really irrelevant. The only reason I put these years up there is just to give you an idea of how long it actually was. That's a long time. Over. This until. Now, you might say, well, I don't have 430 years. But do you know how many untils there were? I picked out the big one. But he dwelt in the land of Haran until the father spoke and said, I have a place for you. Leave that land of your fathers and go to my promised land. 
He dwelt here until he received the word. And he continued here. Joseph did what he was supposed to do until, unfortunately, somebody made choices for him. It was all part of the prop, uh, process. And there was another until, and another until, and another until, and another until. There was no hope for Israel until Moses was born. Moses could have lived the high life until the pneuma, the breath of God, breathed into him without even recognizing it, and he couldn't stand to see his brethren in slavery. So his until moment was, how long will I put up with this? And then he finally says, I can't do this anymore. Can't watch my brethren killed and destroyed. My point being, believe in the promise and do not subjugate your those you have relationship with, those who are coming into the kingdom, those who are coming in to understanding, do not cause them to have the sense that the only way they can be where you are is if they go through what you did. I'm going to tell you, you might disagree with me, it's fine. All these, and I'm using this because it's an easy visual to get. Not because it's the only example, but it's an easy visual. All these millionaires and billionaires that said we're leaving all of it, we're not leaving anything to our children, are cursed. It doesn't look like a curse. They got millions and billions. They're not taking that with them. The whole nature of the kingdom of God is to leave an inheritance to your children's children. And to say, I'm taking everything I got, my kids can work for their own, is to say to them, go through again what I went through. It should be in all of our hearts to position ourselves so that we can leave something to our children, whether it's maturity or finance or wisdom or knowledge or whatever it is. That is the kingdom of God. We've got to believe in the promise, man. We've got to believe in the promise, Marshall. We've got to believe in the promise, Shelby. We've got to believe that the Father said there isn't until that you are approaching until you enter the promised land. You're going to eat manna until. And when you're eating the manna, don't eat it like it's the final answer. Whatever manna you're eating today, stop eating it like it's the final answer. Because he promised that you would only eat it until you came upon that until place, until that manna produced in you what it needed to produce so that you could cross over that bridge of until. Do you hear me today? If you can receive this, and you can understand that it's never the Father's intention that you nor I Remain in a place that is less than greater than where I am. If we can come to the place where we can accept that there is a place greater than this, no matter how great this is, 
he promised me that if I would walk with him, if I would hear his word and be obedient to it, if I would faithfully follow him, then he would lead me to an until place and I could enter into a mature place, which would lead to another until, that would lead me to a more mature place, which would lead me to another until. But what you and I cannot do is access the full promises of God while continuing to eat the same croton over and over again. We can't do it. At some point, we've got to say, that was good then. But this is where I'm headed now. And there was a time when the milk satisfied. But today, I need meat. And there was a time when I needed that meat. Most of, many years of my life, I had my meat when I would order it or cook it. I would do it like Jenny Kerner. I, it was well, always well done, always well done. I didn't want anything pink, whatever, because in my mind, I had this concept where there's pink, there's blood, and I am not a vampire. <laughs> so for many years, until I was, I don't know, in my 20s, late 20s or mid 20s, whatever, I would eat that, and then I realized one day, and I read something, it's not blood, it's dye. That's all I needed. Yeah. I'll eat dye. Yeah. And I started ordering my meat medium well, or meat, yeah, medium well. And now I'm at medium. That's about my limit. You, but growth, this leads to that. Comparing me to my journey in the Father is probably not the best analogy. But I'm hungry. But I don't know where you are, but I can tell you Whatever preparation you're going through right here, he wants to get you here. And when you get here, listen to me. Even in this house, there are many churches gathered here. But even in this house, when people come in that are new, don't think, oh man, bless their heart. They're not going to know how we got here. They're not going to understand where we're at. That's why the church is on a hamster wheel. Keep running around and around and around because they keep saying to the new people, oh, bless your heart, we're going to go back and teach you the basics so that you can get to where we are. Negatore. You're going to find out. People are smarter than you think because the wisdom, God breathes into man and he breathes their ability to understand where they are. Where they are. I don't need to say to somebody just coming in, well, let me like, like, I, I, let me just say it this way. I don't need to say to somebody just coming in, we're going to take you through these 12 steps. Right. And we're going to take you through this. And if we can just get you through that, you know what I'm saying to them? Bless your heart, you're dumber than me. Right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with explaining, but explain to them where you are, not where you've been. Help them understand where you are, not where you've been. Where you've been is irrelevant. It is irrelevant. Where we've been is, should no longer be a teacher. 
When I look at where I've been and I access that and say, well, I can speak to that because I've been there. That with, I've never been an alcoholic, but I can minister to an alcoholic as good as anyone. You know why? Because I minister to them with a pneuma of God, the breath of God. I've never been divorced, but I can talk to divorced people and I can minister to them. I've never been an adulterer, but I can talk to them. I've never been a, name it. I never go into a situation and say, mm, I'm going to have to schedule you with someone else because I haven't been there. That's trying to stand here and minister out of here. Two hundred forty-five years between the death of Abraham and the birth of Moses. Two hundred forty-five years. Two hundred forty-five years. Two hundred forty-five years. And imagine, imagine all that took place. The judges, the kings. All the until moments. And they all led up to where we are today. Grace. The ability to hear the voice of God. The ability for you and me to have a personal relationship with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. And it is in that place, the maturest of sons, he without sin does not say to you and me, before you can understand this place, you're going to have to go through sin. He says to understand this place, simply hear and obey. What I hear my father saying, that's what I say. What I see my father doing, that's what I do. Oh, man. Can you get what I'm telling you this morning? Believe the promise. And the promise is there are untils right in front of you. And when you get to that until... Let go of everything else and engage what he leads you into. Stand with me if you would please this morning.